0: You are now entering the black holes of Netflix.
1: Hello, and welcome to our fourth episode. Today we'll be discussing the 2005 film Doom, based on the video game that was made in the 90s.
0: The film starts when a research facility on Mars is invaded by an unknown threat, and a team of space marines is called upon to eliminate the danger and bring back government data. Let's listen to
1: a clip from the trailer. Station's locked down. Threat is as yet unidentified. Should efforts of containment be endangered, eliminate with extreme prejudice. Orders understood? Good hunting, soldier.
0: Special ops clearance verified. Handle ID Reaper. Handle ID
1: Duke. Say my name, baby.
0: Handle ID Destroyer. Handle ID
1: The Kid. The Kid?
0: Handle ID Sarge. Game time. Listen up, man. We're going in hot. If it breathes, kill it. Soldier, search and
1: destroy. Target approaching. Reload. There's something coming up on you.
0: Go to hell. Look out We There's no way to ah. no way For our first element today of what kind of went wrong in the film, we're going to be discussing special effects. Now, when I was watching the film, I don't know how you felt. But I just think the mutants themselves, like those creatures that people became, weren't humanoid enough. I think that um, the doctor the, in the opening scene, like his humanoid creature that he turns into um, definitely looked more human, therefore the humanoid. Um, but like, for example, Pinky and a couple of the other characters that turned into monsters didn't look human at all or having any resemblance. And that felt a little far-fetched. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it was a little difficult because I feel like there were so many different levels of the transformation. You could either transform into a superhuman that was still human, or you would transform into a monster depending on your genes. But even the monsters didn't transform immediately. They kind of just started to look like these deformed kind of humans, and then they would become monsters. And so uh, I definitely think, like you said, the Doctor was more human-looking uh, and I like that you brought up Pinky, too, because some of the other monsters, they at least still kind of had the form of a human. They stood on two legs. They had the two arms and everything. Pinky, so he is a guy that uh, his legs are amputated, so he doesn't have anything from the waist down. He just kind of rides on a little wheelchair-type device. So when he transforms into a monster, he looks like a total, like, creature. He, he's not even close to a human. Well,
0: yeah, and even they can make the top half human. Yeah. And that's what I expected since he, since he doesn't have legs. But what ended up happening is they just made him look almost like, I want to say, a weird mix between like the predator alien, if you've ever seen that film, and like an ox, but like no skin or fur. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like really weird and had really large teeth. It didn't have like muscles or anything. It just looked like a giant worm looking thing.
1: Yeah, and it was just weird. I think they were trying to go for the creep factor, which definitely worked. It was really yeah. sketchy, but it wasn't consistent. There was no consistency as to what the monsters, I think, were supposed to look like, which was hard.
0: Yeah, and I think it's maybe because that that scene that we see Pinky as a creature is in the, like, single shooter video game portion. Because there's a portion of the film where they go into, like, almost like a video game sequence where it looks like you are um, Reacher, the character. Yeah. Um And... That's when we see Pinky. So I'm wondering if they're making a reference back to the original Doom franchise where the monsters really didn't even look human at all. But I wish they would have just been a little bit more consistent because it was very confusing. Because I didn't even realize it was Pinky until a couple minutes later. And you're like, oh, You that's see the wheelchair. wheelchair hanging
1: out of him. Yeah. Another thing that was a little bit hard to follow with the special effects. Uh, well, some of them were just kind of cartoonish looking. Mm-hmm. Which... Again, I think part of it might have to do with the time period. It was back in the early 2000s. And part of it is also just kind of, again, paying a tribute to the video game. But there's a specific part where a woman's arm is like sliced off because it gets shut in the door. And that part specifically was very, I almost wanted to start laughing. And it was an intense part of the movie. So I don't think I was supposed to be laughing. But it was just kind of, I don't yeah. know. It didn't feel, it kind of took me out of the film a little bit, I guess. so. Me as well.
0: So for our next element was the world building aspect. So like when the film creates the world um of the film, it has to set some some guidelines for us to understand and keep consistent with what's going on. Yeah. Um because if for example, if you have like Mary Poppins and then all of a sudden like a bulldozer comes out of nowhere, that broke the world because yeah. that's not in time period or anything so similarly this film has to build some rules for itself Mm -hmm. and there were some issues like serious issues that weren't explained and didn't have a good enough background or development to make the world make sense so one of those things was the teleportation between the worlds or the what they called the arc in the film Um, i think it didn't have very good scientific background like granted That's not possible. And we don't we wouldn't be able to understand the science, even if it was possible, I think, at least for me. But it really wasn't logical.
1: How did you feel? about? I really feel like because I believe the arc was in the original video game. Yes. So I think they were just trying to rely on the video game in the hopes that those who are fans of the game would just accept it. But as someone who has never played the video game, I mean, it was consistent in the sense that the arc had certain rules that were always followed. And that was cool, I guess. But at the same time, yeah, I was just sitting there thinking, there's no way this is possible. It almost seems too easy. You know, the fact that you can just kind of step onto this little device and be transported to another planet. I almost wish that instead they would have... I don't know, used, had a ship or something, and that they were trying to keep the monsters from getting on the ship to get back to the, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like, with the whole arc thing, the way they did it, it was almost like a bubble that enveloped them, Yeah. and then all their particles went through space, and then they came back together. That was, like, the idea of it, but visually didn't look like that, in my opinion. It just looked, I didn't get that that understanding of what they were trying to make sense of that separation of atoms back and reforming back on earth honestly star trek made more sense sense like with their transportation (laughs) with
1: this movie it just felt like a plot point like we need a way to easily get back and forth between earth and mars we need a way for the monsters to be able to get back easily so that there's some stakes involved so in that sense i mean it worked as a plot point it just didn't seem to work as a world building segment element so another aspect of world building that I found really
0: confusing was who died, who became zombies. I was really confused. Who became confused. superhuman? <laughs> yeah. Who became like zombie creatures, who became superhuman because there's so many different ones. Yeah. In the film. Like I got the thing where if like they get the the injection of the extra chromosome they become superhuman or they become a super monster. That yeah. made logical sense. That would have been fine. But then if you got bitten, you could become a creature. I was like, okay, so it's a virus. I'm confused. And then there were people who were just zombies. Wait, are they monsters too? I, I don't, doesn't make sense. Like, are, are we going full monster or do we have zombies? How are they becoming zombies? And then there were a bunch of people who just died too. Yeah. So you were like... Okay, because blood wasn't mixed, because the superhuman aspect of the chromosome, whether you turned into a monster or a superhuman, was that it mixed with your blood. That was the whole thing, that it was a virus as well. You know? Yeah. And so if people were getting killed and there was blood, it should have mixed and they should have been able to reheal themselves as the chromosome says it can. Yeah. You know? So that was really confusing that there were a bunch of dead people on the on the ground in a couple, quite a few scenes how did they die if they if they had, were exposed to the blood yeah. logically did not add up as a filmmaker i feel like you could have they could have done a better job in the sense of not having those extra characters who were zombies yeah. that made no sense if those those extra people had been all creatures that would have made a lot more sense and it would have been kind of fun because then you would have more monsters and it'd be more intense but it, honestly it probably came down to budget Yeah, because those monsters were probably mostly animated because this is right when special effects was just starting to get big
1: and practical
0: effects would have maybe looked a little bit different and off-putting from the other creatures that they had that were animated.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about this a little bit in the next segment, but this movie was definitely more focused on the action scenes than character building and plot building. So I think that had something to do with it as well, but there was a ton of inconsistencies with the monsters, but I think they cared more about just making them look creepy, creating a lot of suspense, creating mm-hmm. a lot of danger. And so in that sense, uh, it was very confusing to tell, is this a chromosome? Is this a virus? How come it's getting uh, distributed to some people and not to others?
0: And why, why are there zombies? Because <laughs> honestly, yeah. even if you like, even in the video game, um, from what I've researched, it was mostly those humanoid monster creatures that you fight, yeah, not zombies. So the zombies weren't really necessary. So for a last element, um, the plot itself. Um, As Sarah was talking about, that they really did just focus on the action. But to have good action sequences and to feel the intensity that you really need to feel, you need to connect with the characters Mm -hmm. somehow. And maybe it doesn't need to be a really hefty connection, but at the same time, I don't feel like they did enough character building at all. I think we got a lot with Reacher, the main guy,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: a little bit with his
1: sister, and that was about it. But when yeah, they but even him, but yeah, not as he- much as we were wanting. I think
0: no, definitely. And it was like they gave random plot points for his character development, like a tiny bit of a backstory, but did not develop it enough for for it to make logical sense or for us to really connect with a character how did you feel about that character as well
1: yeah well and specifically it's important to remember that this is a movie not a video game and I think it was clever that they were playing off a lot of the themes in the video game but in video in a lot of video games there is some backstory but especially in movies you need that backstory to be able to connect with those characters uh with reaper we find out that he and his sister are upset with each other because they both chose very different career paths. His sister is a researcher like their parents, and Reaper is in the military, right? And each one thinks that the other's uh, career is more dangerous and whatnot. And stupid. Yeah. yeah. And Reckless. so we hear a little bit about what happened to his, bar- his parents. Apparently, they were killed at a dig site, but the point where we kind of get that backstory, he's standing looking out the window at supposedly the dig site (laughs) and we kind of hear just some screams in the background and that's really all we get we don't even really get to see the backstory and it was funny it wasn't until we went back later and watched the scene with subtitles that we even knew what was going on yeah it it was very confusing Mm. to me and I had no idea like how they died I guess there was a landslide but in my mind it sounded like shooting and so I really did sound like shooting wait is there a (laughs) Did they find the monsters? Are they getting shot to death? What is yeah, actually happening? I was
0: really confused because I assumed if there was something that they unearthed at the dig site that killed him. That's what it sounded yeah, like. They made most it of sound like that. Until we heard the quote unquote lay inside, but it just sounded like shooting. And then the, you hear the kids yelling, and I'm like, why are the kids at the dig site? <laughs> like it really yeah. logically did not add up. And it we didn't get enough of why. They really chose these different paths. We get understand where Samantha, his sister, is coming from yeah. because she wants to fall in the footsteps of her parents. And we get that the son, like Reaper, um, her brother wants to make a difference, but like he's in super deadly armed forces, mm-hmm. special unit, you know, where it's life or death every single uh, moment. And so she criticizes him. She's like, and your job isn't reckless. And so we don't understand what his motivation for that was. And I wish I would have yeah. known a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I felt like they were trying to connect connect us to Reaper. And he definitely was one of my favorite characters. But that was only yeah. because probably there was absolutely no backstory with any of the other characters. No. I don't know. It was hard yeah. to connect to any of them, to be honest. Yeah, and that
0: whole team of special um, mm-hmm. the special arms um, unit, we get like a fun, well... Well, fun scene in the beginning I guess where we kind of <laughs> get to know them around, and they joking fun and they're like we're almost on leave and we got a little bit of their personalities but I feel like in some of the best action films I've seen like Mad Max Fury Road especially ones that are more dystopian um they do a great job of developing even the minor characters mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, and that gives it such a robust feeling for an action movie and like makes you actually invested in the, in the action. And I was just frustrated that that special team that we're following the whole plot, we don't have any sort of connection with. So when they die, we're care like... about any of them. Yeah. So when <laughs> they die,
1: we're like, oh. Oh, well. Oh, cool. And I mean, even the team itself working together, they all kind of seem like they almost hated each other and would kill each other at any moment. I mean, they're all abandoning their team members. At the end, uh, they're they're on the verge of killing each other. And I'm just thinking, what kind of a team is this? I mean, I've never been in the military, but Seems I like, have to yeah. feel like you've got to have a degree of loyalty for one another oh, if you're ever going to survive out in combat, to, right?
0: have to. There has to be a huge level of trust and, and loyalty and understanding yeah. and having each other's back. It seemed like this team had been through many jobs yeah. and many missions together. And so that's what was a little frustrating because it was
1: like, they didn't care for each other, and it bothered me a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, it bothered me a lot, but it also just bothered that I didn't care when they died. And yeah, that kind of made me yeah. mad. Because it's one thing to have violence in a film. Well, um, to have
1: characters and that you he- don't care about that are just there to be killed, that but, happens. But that,
0: but that makes the violence more gratuitous, it might be. Like, if, you, if you're going to have violence it needs to mean something it yeah. needs to be impactful... And it can't just be like, oh, well, it happened and people died. and Because that just makes, uh, makes me feel a little bit more callous as a viewer. Yeah. I don't love that feeling. My favorite action film, as I've said before, Mad Max Fury Road, like every character's death, you kind of felt that. You really felt that and you were like, wait, I really care about them. It really meant a lot to you when that happened. And so I really wish they had done that in the, this film. Just a little bit more of a degree of like development would have made a huge difference and made it much better film. Okay, for our next segments, we're gonna have... It's okay,
1: you're doing great.
0: For our next segment, we're gonna do our whiplash moment. So the moment when literally the dumbest line had ever been said in the worst piece of dialogue. And so for me, at least, it was at the end when they're fighting, when they're about to, actually when they're about to fight and Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character Sarge looks over to the Reacher, like to Reacher, the uh, the main character, and goes, "Do you want to go outside and get some fresh air?" <laughs> and it was just so dumb. It was just <laughs> so cheesy. I felt like I lost brain cells after hearing that line. A fifth grader could write that line. I it wasn't that clever because in the context of that scene is the elevator to the outside world was right there because um, they had passed through the the arc, the portal, and gotten back to Earth. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson is now a really gross-looking creature Well, he's starting to become a monster. And that line, let's go outside and get some fresh air, is like, let me wreak havoc on the Earth. It was not serious enough. It just didn't have enough gravitas for a villain line, um, especially in it an ending line right before the action. There needs to be a... It's a, it's a build-up to that moment, so... But what did you think? Yeah, I, I feel about the same. Yeah. So for our shooting star segment, which we had a hard time with with this film, because they were the film was very entertaining, but was also so action-heavy that it was really hard to find, like, a solid scene or a solid... Yeah. Time where we were like, this is really upping the movie's points, per se. So, for me at least, I thought the scene with Roseman Pike explaining the science behind the extra chromosome and showing this the skeleton of that they call Lucy with the baby and explaining the science behind it was the best part because that I think was the whole logical sound of the film. Yeah. And because Roseman Pike's an incredible actress. So, and this was one of her earlier films, but she did a great job and it felt realistic. I felt like I actually understood her character and Reaper's character and the whole idea of the film. That honestly was the best moment in the film for me and it just... It was the most entertaining. That yeah. was a th- if if I was drawn to this film, if I hadn't picked this film because it was bad, and I was just watching it, I would have been drawn to the science part of it, and the yeah. and the archaeology and all of that. Because I love science fiction with action. I think it's great, but that is the biggest draw for me. So that's what I really love yeah. about it. What did it you? It broke
1: like? up the action really well too. It so. did. I uh, actually really enjoyed kind of the video game, Mm -hmm. first-person shooter type sequence towards the end. There was quite a bit of action, and like we mentioned before, a lot of it was very inconsistent. However, because this was based on a video game, I liked that tribute at the end. I felt like it had a good feel of, oh, we're in the video game, we're playing along, and especially for those who might not have Liked the tributes made to the video game earlier. I felt like that one was very appropriate. And it definitely made me excited. Especially since I'm not a gamer. And I was just coming to this as a viewer. So I I liked that scene quite a bit. I liked that
0: scene too. I really liked how um, it it made logical sense. Because at that point he wakes up now as superhuman. And then he's in the first person viewpoint from like the camera. That's what we see through the cameras. And that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. The... The production style in that changed. It was a pretty big shift from mm-hmm. the rest of the film style in the movie. Um, same setting, but it was mostly animated, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and the only reason I think I was okay with it because this movie was based off of a yeah. movie game. If yeah. it hadn't been that way, I would have been very confused. But yeah. So for a shouting donkey moment, we talked about it a little bit um, earlier, but for me, it was in the very first minutes of the movie but um, all of a sudden this one, they're running and the um, doctor shuts the door before this woman who's running behind him can get through and she sticks her arm through it and it gets cut off and it just, it would just felt really unnecessary and I didn't yeah. love that and it was a really weird start to a film. I didn't like that. Oh so this film's just going to be really violent. Is that what we're getting at? Because that first scene is very Vital. Very vital, to, mm-hmm. especially to the, what we talked about in the beginning with the world building. Like It really sets the stage for the rest of the film, and if that's what I'm getting, a very like, violent, unnecessary action, then I'm not super stoked for the rest of the film. So for me, that was the point where I was like, oh, this is the kind of film it's going to be? Yeah. Okay, like, I, guess, I guess I can get on board with this. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch the next scene to see if I'm going to actually want to engage with this
1: film. Yeah, and kind of along the same vein, I mentioned this before, that this uh, the special effects of the arm being severed yeah. were kind of almost cartoonish. And I felt like the other special effects didn't have that same vibe to them. True. So the fact that that one was so almost, I don't know, non-realistic, it just made me worried like, oh no, are there actually going to be good special effects in this movie? Mm-hmm. Is it just going to be painful to watch? And it really wasn't, but that first scene kind of... Gave, gave me that bad taste in yeah, my mouth. Yeah, it really so. did. It,
0: it, it did not set the stage well for the rest of the film. And it was unfortunate. So on a spectrum from black hole to supernova, how do we feel?
1: So that's really hard. I don't feel like it was a black hole because there were some good elements to it. It was entertaining to watch. Yeah. But I also don't know if I would call it a supernova.
0: Yeah. Because I, I wasn't if-
1: sitting there necessarily making fun of it, I guess.
0: No. And yeah, it wasn't. And with the supernova, it's still super intriguing and interesting to watch. And the only thing that I think was intriguing or interesting was the whole idea of an extra chromosome and humans or beings on Mars. I think that was the biggest draw to it. And that was the really that should have been the centrality of the plot. But it mm-hmm. honestly wasn't because the action was. Yeah. And so if they had made it more about that and made more of a film kind of like the Alien series, like uh, Prometheus and those kind of things, it would have been super entertaining. Even if it had been a, a bad film and badly done, it would have been a supernova for me. Yeah. But because that wasn't the case, I don't think I would watch it again. But I don't think you need to necessarily stay away from it at all costs. Yeah. I don't think it's a black hole. But it's something that I would choose not to watch again.
1: I liked it. I don't know if I would watch it again, but I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say avoid it at all costs. I'd just say be aware that this is what it is. It's very action-based. There's a little bit of plot, not very much character development. So if you're a big fan of cool fight scenes, you'll probably enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and, but the fight scenes weren't that cool.
1: <laughs> okay, I liked them. I'm sorry. I don't have very high expectations for fight scenes because they're fight scenes. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, and just a disclaimer, in case uh, you do decide to watch Doom, this movie is rated R for strong violence. There's a lot of gore and language, and there's also some frightening scenes involving creatures and zombies.
0: Next week, we'll
1: be watching the film I'm in Love with a Church
0: Girl, starring Ja Rule and one of the Cheetah Girls. So it should be pretty exciting, and it is our finale for season one, so tune in next week. We're excited. We'll see you then.